Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Beneath the Maze. I'm your host, BP Murray. Thanks for tuning in. Thursday nights now, the show has been moved. Hump day was just not working out, so we're going to do Thursday nights moving forward. And tonight we are continuing with Season 2. As I've mentioned previously, Season 2 is focused on the political chess game. And it is filled with ideas, arrows, to break the jester's wheel. Ultimately, the hope is to change our outlook as a political movement. We are going to dig deep into the political chess game in this episode. I'm going to challenge you, your thinking. In a way, you, the listener, will be playing political chess with me in this episode. So I hope you brought your wits. And with that, let's jump right in to Season 2, Episode 2, Freedom's Gambit. Let's talk about unions. What is the Republican position on unions today? Do most Republicans support unions or oppose? Or is it like, don't ask and don't tell? A little backstory here. I work in the construction industry. And so I work with unions in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Michigan. My sister is in a union in New Jersey. I myself am not in a union, but I've worked with them. And I've had a lot of conversations with union workers about politics over the last four years or so. One guy told me he's always voted blue, but hates the policies that he is seeing from the left today. He said, I hope they stop doing what they are doing. And he said that his union leaders tell everyone to vote blue. Not all of them do, but that's what happens. He said, yeah, the head of my union keeps saying that Republicans are going to shut us down. And that's why they want us to vote for Democrats. So my question to those of us who lean right is, are we? Are we trying to shut down unions? The Republican Party of old was against unions. Is the Republican Party today against unions? And if so, should we be? Let's break this down a step further. Do we think people should have the right to unionize? Well, yes, absolutely. How could we oppose that? It's basically in the Constitution. Okay, so we support people's right to unionize. And we are pro-jobs, right? Yes, ten times more than the left is. Okay, so again, are we trying to shut down unions? Well, Murray, it's, it's a don't ask, don't tell situation where... We want to leave our options open, but don't want to come out against them because it would hurt us politically. Oh, so it's bullshit. It's political bullshit. Like the liberals. See, I don't like to hide behind the curtains with my policies. Bad game to start, in my opinion. Once you start playing the political bullshit game, it's hard to stop. So I try to keep my feet out of the swamp. 
so as not to become a swamp creature. So to the America First voter, I ask you to speak. What do you want to do? Don't ask, don't tell is political bullshit. I don't buy bullshit, don't sell it either. I've spoke with many construction union workers and all say something similar. You can't fault them for worrying about their jobs. The great thing about unions to me is that even though some of the rules are gray, at least they are not government workers. How many votes are we losing by staying in the dark on this issue? How many state and local elections are we losing because we remain silent here? Well, Murray, you're missing the problem. Yes, I support people's rights to unionize, but the problem is the rules at the state and local level uh, create higher wages. The state and local level. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, because unions are very different based on each state, aren't they? So take it up at the state level then, if you have a problem with it. The states are very different when it comes to unions and union rules. We need to focus on the federal races. Well, Murray, some unions have a lot of corruption and there's pay for play. Okay, some businesses have a lot of corruption and there's pay for play. When you find the corruption, I'll call it out, wherever and whenever I see it. Unions are just like all things. There's some good ones and there's some bad ones. Good employees and not so good employees. As I said a moment ago, union rules are a state and local issue. So let them remain a state and local issue. Some states, the rules are relatively fair. Others, maybe not. You want to fight that fight at the state and local level, go ahead. Here's my proposition. We no longer remain silent on this issue. We say we are pro-union worker. Not because it isn't true, because it is true. How could we not be? The person is just choosing a job that they believe is best for their own personal situation, just like all of us. We are pro-union worker. We are. Because we are pro-individualism, pro-worker in general. We are pro-union worker because we are pro-jobs. We are pro-jobs because we are pro-economy and production, and we're anti-regulations. And here is where things get interesting. If we, as a political movement, come out and preach this, what does that do to the political chessboard? You'll notice that neither side is really making a move on this issue right now. There's not a whole lot of talk about it. Do you want to know why I think that is? Or more so, why I think the left is relatively quiet about unions. Because they are worried we will make this move on the political chessboard and it will work. The jester will immediately go on political defense, trying to stop the bleeding 
with their support from union workers. I'm telling you right now, union workers, many of them, cannot wait to support the America First agenda. But they are being lied to by liberals at the local level, and Republicans have remained silent on the issue. So they are somewhat confused on who to vote for. We start going out there and saying the left is trying to shut down your jobs with all of their reckless job killing regulations. It is killing off thousands of union jobs across the country. They are killing American energy, which is crushing the trucking industry and union workers in the trucking business. People don't buy what they can't afford, and shipping costs have skyrocketed under the heavy regulations associated with the liberal agenda. This is the truth. All we have to do is say what is already true. Imagine that. Tell me I'm wrong. Tell me I'm crazy. Where is the risk? You think we will bleed voters because we went out there and admitted the truth that we are indeed pro-union worker? Bullshit. You see, these are all pieces on the game board. We cannot be too afraid to move. The jester is hoping that all of our pieces stay still. It makes the game easier for them. Union worker support is a low-hanging fruit. They are just waiting for us to break silence. Imagine how competitive some states would be if all the unions started flipping on the left. New Jersey, New York, Michigan, or how about Pennsylvania? And all we gotta do is come out and say the truth. Imagine that. Or at least what, we, what I believe the truth is. I'm a pro-union worker, and I believe most of us are when you peel back the onion like I did here. This is huge. It's huge. Think it through on your own. The next thing I want to challenge you on is candidate quality. You hear this phrase a lot, candidate quality especially by the liberal mainstream media. Well, I want to discuss what I believe candidate quality should truly mean versus how it's used today. So let's talk about Susan Collins. Is this a good candidate or a bad one? For those who do not know who she is, Susan Collins is a Republican senator in the state of Maine. Maine, as you know, is a liberal state. A Republican president has not won Maine at large in decades. Is Susan Collins a quality candidate? Uh, well, well, she's a rhino. Yes, you are right. She is a rhino. Some Republicans would say that we need to get rid of her. Well, can any other Republican win in the state of Maine? Probably not. Right now, Republicans have one senator in a blue state and one senator in a swing state. Ron Johnson in Wisconsin being the swing state Republican and, as I already said, Susan Collins, the senator in a blue state. Now, Florida is ruby red, so I don't count those two. 
The Democrats have three senators in red states, one in Ohio, one in West Virginia, and one in Montana. And they have at least 10 senators in swing states, two in Arizona, two in Georgia, two in Pennsylvania, one in Wisconsin, two in New Hampshire, and I would say one in Nevada after the loss we took three months ago. If you wanted to get technical, you could count one or two in Michigan as well, but I wouldn't call that a swing state. It's more of a light blue state. Regardless, are you starting to see the problem yet? Democrats have roughly 13 senators in swing states or deep red states, compared to two senators that Republicans have in swing or deep blue states. So what on earth are we doing wrong? And what are they doing right? Candidate quality is huge if we understand it well. I hate to break it to you, but America First doesn't sell well in the New England area. In 2016, Trump won the Rust Belt, but lost narrowly in New Hampshire. Since then, New Hampshire has not gone red in a federal statewide race. This is the reality of the situation. That doesn't mean I think we need to give up on the America First agenda. Heavens no. We just need to understand the battleground and come up with a new approach. What, what are you saying, Marie? We, we need to embrace rhinos? No. Here is the truth. People are different. Regions are different. I hear a lot today about loyalty and how you're either with Trump or against Trump for the America First agenda or against it. I got to be honest with you. I'm not a fan of this line of thinking. Honestly, it sounds like liberal talk. For or against. You're either for or against. I reject this line of thinking. I'm not a kiss the ring guy, and I don't think our politicians should be either. You want to talk candidate quality? You know what we need? We need a candidate who will adequately and honorably represent their people and who will listen to reason when they are elected. That's it. Period. Notice how I didn't mention political parties. I don't care about political parties. They are arbitrary in the grand scheme of things. I vote Republican because they are 10 times more of the party of common sense today, but that could change in 20 years. We don't need every single candidate running for Senate or House seats to be America first. Ideally they are, but again, America first unfortunately doesn't win all 50 states. Take a look at Glenn Youngkin. He did it right. He accepted Trump's endorsement, but said that he was ultimately his own brand. No, Murray, you, you're either on the Trump train or, or you're not. No, I, I disagree. I'm on the America train, and I support President Trump. And if I were running for a House seat or Senate seat, I would say the same thing. I'm on the America train, and I will represent my state or district to the best of my ability. 
The left won all these swing states and red states because they are very good at selecting their candidates for those seats. They have a lot of fake moderates. We are not very good because we are not united and RNC leadership seems to lack the understanding that we are talking about right now. We do not need a kiss the ring candidate. We don't need someone who is going to bow to Mitch McConnell or kiss Trump's ring. We need someone who will adequately and honorably represent their people and who will listen to reason when they are in Congress. Period. You want to be critical of them? Go ahead. I'm critical of Susan Collins all the time. But the truth is that she fits my description. She adequately represents her people and listens to reason in Congress. So I'm glad she runs and wins in a blue state. Both of these talking points are aimed at defeating the left. To do so, we need a united front. And that's why I had to discuss candidate quality. And we also need to think outside the box. We got to hit them where they think they are safe. That's what good opponents do. It's what Trump did in 2016. Remember the notorious blue wall that Trump cracked through. We should target New York as well as New Mexico. And I'm not saying we need more people knocking on doors and making phone calls. That helps, but it doesn't move mountains. Pushing the same button harder doesn't make a big impact. And it's too predictable, too easy for the opposition to deal with. We got to switch the field, shake things up, force the jester to play defensively, think outside the box, challenge the status quo. And that's what season two is all about. That's all I got for you today. Please share this video when you get a chance. It needs to hit a lot of ears to make an impact. We got to shake things up. And I welcome your comments. And I thank everyone who has had them so far. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next Thursday. God bless America.